Welcome to Ours is the Fury, episode 15. My name is Ryan. Blocksmith. I'm Kendra. Uh, John's not with us today. He's having a little soccer break. He had a big holiday this weekend. A little vacay. He'll be back next week, don't worry. We miss him dearly. Uh, on today's show, we're going to talk about our 2-1 loss to Fort Lauderdale Strikers. We have some listeners' questions. Uh, we have a guest, Teo Goche, is going to be on the pod to talk about his experiences all over the world and, and the Fury and things like that. And we also have some special guests. We have uh, Grayson Knutson from CTV Sports in Edmonton and from, and from the Black Hole podcast and his partner, Jeff Salisbury. And so that's all today. So we have a lot, big show, so we might as well get started. Let's start with uh, the shittiest uh, performance I've seen all year, the 2-1 loss to Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, it was really disappointing. I, I thought that uh, that game in Minnesota where they, they struggled and or they didn't struggle, they did well against a really good team and, you know, played well and probably was disappointing to, to get the loss that they come in back home after a couple of weeks and then put in a strong performance. But uh, they just uh, mailed it in. And what sucked is that they started really well and, like, everything was going fine and then... Things, I guess, in well, in the first half, Fort Lauderdale scored a goal. Yeah, Fort Lauderdale scored a goal. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, no, that's okay. And celebrated right in front of us. Yeah. yeah. But I was like, that's okay. It's fine. It's the first half. We can come back. No problem. But then in the second half, everything just, like, Nothing. went to shit. I don't know. You no, it was like, uh, we were playing awesome, I remember, because we were sitting in the other end, and all the play in the first 15 minutes or so was at the other end. And they're passing around. They're passing around the box, which they don't generally do most of the time. They scored the goal, the first goal. TD plays Carl Hayworth, awesome goal. Yeah, right in the corner. It's beautiful. And then the second goal, Nikki Patterson, is really bad oh. lob pass to the center back, and the striker just took it and scored. Yeah, two on one. Right? And I think after that goal, they just, they just, they were just defeated they're, at that point. They looked defeated mentally. Like, they look, I don't know if they're fragile, like, now, because you get down a goal, or especially against a bad team like Fort Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. You get down a goal, and uh, do they do they just fall apart mentally? Like, do they trust each other? What's going on there? It's very... No, it's just probably just a lack of confidence. They, get, they go up, and they're super excited, and then they let in a really, really bad goal, and, yeah, it just kind of chips like- away your confidence. A tie at halftime is not a lost game. Like, they can't lose confidence like that. Like, if they're in a tie situation, like, that should not happen because it's still possible. Like, you can still come back from that. Like, there's no reason for you to feel defeated after, you know, after another team, you know, comes even with you. Like, it has to be more intense. Yeah, you got to have more fight than that. Yeah. Right? Professional athletes. Yeah. And right, carry yourself like professionals you know mm. I don't know it must be hard like I, I have some sympathy like it must be hard to all the expectations a new club and all that and they, these guys not like just a handful of them are from the area so mm. yeah it was, yeah. Uh, it was a tough watch uh, yeah in the second half they gave up another goal I didn't really see it because I was uh, texting John actually the attendance <laughs> but it looked pretty I didn't see it at all, <laughs> at all, at all. Like, I didn't realize. Yeah, I saw the bad pass, the back pass, and then I saw a two-on-one, and then 
I just kept saying, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. And then, yeah, and then I saw a bunch of goofy dancing people. But yeah, they did have some chances. I mean, some ones go by. I think Oliver had one in the first half that yeah. went really close. And Once Patterson, you know, he made that bad pass, but that free kick in the first half where he just put it past the post. That's something we've been saying that we don't have a player to take those free kicks. Yeah. Nice to see him get at least close, you know. It's a little positive. Yeah. Speaking of the attendance, they announced it at 4,800. Yeah. Um, do you think that was accurate? I thought it was really low when they announced it. It felt like like the whole bottom, mm -hmm. our, our side, the whole bottom bowl was full, and there's people up top too, right? Uh, not top, top. They're in the club seats. I don't in the know club seats, okay. Seats. But, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I thought it was more around six, but yeah, it felt I guess that bottom bowl... It's hard to tell. And those two, those two ends, the two end sections were pretty uh, empty. Okay. Yeah, it just made me wonder. So, two one, like, where do we go from here? Like, we we're, we're playing San Antonio next week. Yep, that's gonna be a tough one. Best team in the league. <laughs> I thought Minnesota uh, was the best team. <laughs> yeah. You know what they were? They're really missing this year so far. They don't have that one guy that's been really played well we can kind of rely on. Everyone's been kind of good one game, yeah, good one game, bad another game. Yeah, like Donatelli's kind of disappeared in the second half mm -hmm. of the season. I don't know what's going on there. Like he came on as a late sub in this game. Um, he was like he was dominant early in the season. Mm -hmm. Like he stood out, and the second half, and the same thing with Ubi Parapovic. Uh, he's, he was like head and shoulders above most of the team for when he had the ball you could tell and I, I don't see it as much maybe maybe I'm used to him I don't know uh, maybe I have high expectations for him I don't know yeah it's just that there's no one guy on this team that coaches are worried about facing during a match yeah they're not there's no there's game no, plan around somebody it's just no hassle yeah and I wonder if it, like the fall off between the spring and the fall is that we're not surprising anybody that we have game tape out there and you know teams can look at and kind of break down our team we're figured out yeah so which is kind of unfortunate but yeah saying uh yeah the game against san antonio is gonna be really tough hopefully they can figure it out yeah like we saw san antonio earlier in the spring season in carlton and they they they're uh they're one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. They they don't look like Fort Lauderdale. Um, I watched the game against uh, Indy, and uh, they they just destroyed them. Like I was like saying earlier before the podcast to Blogsmith that they look like they're scoring goals by mistake and being like, "Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry about that." Like there just wasn't much of a competition. So I hope I hope we're fit and ready for them. I feel like if. Uh we could just somehow like get some sort of confidence going and like some sort of um, connection between everybody like everybody needs to trust each other and I feel like that's not happening at the moment I feel like the mids are kind of like ah where should I be like do the forwards need help do the, does the defense need help like where where should I be going and everybody should just you know be worried about their job and know where everyone else is and trust that everyone else is doing their job as well and that doesn't seem to be happening so that's really unfortunate and I feel like with you know San Antonio coming in if that 
is kind of the way that we're playing or the attitude of the team, it's not going to go well. Yeah. Um, there's going to be changes, uh, like, but not. I don't think there'll be changes before the end of the season. And it's like, what do we do? <laughs> what do no, we do? it doesn't look like from what the Fury tweeted out that the, uh, the NASL transfer window was kind of closed that we wouldn't be seeing anybody. But they could pick up players like from the NPSL, that kind of thing, and from... I'm assuming you can pick up free agents whenever. It's not a transfer, it's just a contract. But, but you can't transfer people in from like, yeah. other leagues or other teams. Yeah, the trouble is, where do you pick somebody up for? I mean, there's so many holes. Uh, like, so players do well and players don't do well. I mean, I don't know. Hey, we're saying earlier that it's like we're at at the half point. I know yep. we're like into the fall season, six games or whatever, but it's actually the half point of the full combined, and it's not looking good now. Like, yeah, it's really disappointing that we're like last. Yeah, one and, point. So. You know, at the end of the spring season, we're like, hey, look at we're the third highest scoring team in the league, and hey, we're only like three points out of fourth place, and so now it's like we're fourth points out of ninth right yeah. now. And far, far from a playoff spot. Oh, yeah, I, playoffs are done. Right? Yeah, I, not even done. In. Even if we win, Do it's the math. probably tough. Yeah. So looking ahead to San Antonio, uh, few players I think well I'm not to name one player to look out for um, and one probably very familiar to Canadian fans is uh, Julius James uh, he's playing in the right back position I believe with the San Antonio and he scored a beautiful header last week and uh, he's really on top of his game right now is there any anyone else that we should look out for in San Antonio yeah as uh, well Hasley's always kind of a threat the big guy up front and uh, I think recently I've a couple weeks ago, they got uh, Elizondo from Carolina. He's kind of that shorter, kind of like shiftier striker who should really do well next to uh, next to uh, Hasley. Yeah, and, I, and they got someone from the Galaxy recently too. I'll have to check my... I mean, yeah, they're the top team in the league, and, and they've and done they've something. Been, they've been just absolutely <laughs> crushing in the fall season. Like, they cannot do any wrong. Yeah, it's probably one of the worst worst opponents for the Fury to face right now. Like a Fury team that's kind of, you know, completely locking in confidence. Can we say that now? Yeah, mm -hmm. I, they, they look broken. Like, I don't know, just something has to, something has to give. So, yeah. So that game's when? Sunday at 3 o'clock? Sunday at 3 o'clock. Mm -hmm. TD plays. Yeah. Uh, one thing that was good. Uh, before we go to listener questions, is uh, the the supporter section mm -hmm. last game? It was uh, everyone was standing. Yeah, ninety five percent. Yeah, it was um, it was nice to see. Uh, it seemed that the uh, the ushers or the staff there, TD plays, were a little more uh, proactive and look finding people who probably would have a problem, and then trying to move them out. I don't know where they moved them out to, but. Well, hopefully good seats and helped them out. And, yeah. Because what, what's happening for, for listeners is that the people buy tickets in that section because they're a couple dollars cheaper. Mm. And uh, and then they'll show up and then realize they're in the supporter section and everyone around them is standing and screaming. And and uh, and it's not really probably no. the best experience for them and it's probably not the best experience for the supporters to, 
and uh, be surrounded by young children and <laughs> yeah. When and we started, and stuff. I was uh, we were standing next to uh, Kendra, and there's a like a dad and like three. I guess I'm assuming it's three daughters. Both, all three of them, not six years old, oh, like right oh. in front of us. Like, uh, I don't want to yeah. swear, but I'm gonna swear because I'm really drunk and. <laughs> the team's not doing well, yeah. <laughs> but I don't really want to. But yeah. they they did quietly move, and I yes. think an usher kind of guided them over mm. to somewhere else because they noticed that that was happening. So oh. that was good. Got to give props to the team sorting sorting that out, making it a good experience for the families, and also making it a good experience for the supporters. It's a great way to build. Yeah, it was definitely uh, far and away the best, you know, supporter section experience at uh, TD Place so far. Yeah. I still miss Carl a little bit. <laughs> the good old days. Yeah. Remember the glory days? <laughs> Carlton. Remember buying tickets for beer? Getting a bracelet. <laughs> Getting a bracelet, yes. Getting yeah, stared yeah. down 90 minutes. Oh, yeah. Well, that wasn't until <laughs> after the first game. Yeah. Okay, Remember the so first game? <laughs> so. We should move on to listener questions. Yeah. Our first listener question comes from... Brad McKenzie, who is at Up North Soccer on Twitter, and he says, uh, "Would like to hear your guys' thoughts on which, if any, Fury players you guys think can make an impact on Canada's World Cup qualifying campaign." Which wow, is that's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, no one. Becky, I think, has got to be the front runner. I think maybe. That's a great question, by the way, Mr. McKenzie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think how it will be. I'd, I don't know for this. He's there right term. now. But Still three, three years, right? Yeah. Yeah, I can see Howarth. Uh, I'd go with Howarth, probably. I think Becky can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the, I know he's probably talking about the Fury, Fury men's team, but uh, the Fury women's team. <laughs> <laughs> That's all of them. We're gonna have three, probably three or four of those players on the Canadian national team, uh, like playing for the World Cup. It's gonna be great. But yeah, I, I have to agree mm-hmm. with you fully. I'd like to see if Mason Travel could keep playing the way he is, and maybe he gets a shot too. Yeah, he's been. I think we said this last week. He's been quietly brilliant back mm-hmm. there. Like he's a player that's been consistent. Yeah. That we're t- saying there hasn't been anyone consistent earlier. He's he's yeah, a player. Yeah, Becky so. have been rather well. Yeah. Becky when he's on the field. Yeah. But yeah. In the highlight of the back line. <laughs> oh, and I have another question. Okay. This one is from uh, Saint Cody of Assisi, and it's a question that asks: uh, For those of us who didn't watch the spring season, what in their play has changed Fury fortunes since then? Also a very good question that I'm unsure how to answer. <laughs> I, I think the other teams have just gotten better and the Fury of, uh, haven't changed and haven't adjusted. Yeah, I think uh, what I alluded to before that, you know, when they're playing in the spring, there wasn't a lot of fil- film on them. They didn't know what kind of team they were going to face that, and now they do and they've kind of figured them out, which is kind of, which is unfortunate. Uh, I mean, we can say injuries, but they had worse injuries in the spring. Right. Do they have a smaller roster than any of the other teams? 
I know they're I know they're not spending like Minnesota's spending or San Antonio or New York are spending. Those are definitely the big spenders in the league. But I maybe we've touched on this before that the underperforming of the players we have spent a lot on. Uh, and I think also consistency, like some players don't start in the same place every game, um, and some like some players don't start consistently, and I think maybe consistency might be an issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's the thing with Becky. Becky's been great at right back, but then he's now center back. Phil Davies, probably our best right winger, but sometimes he plays right back, which is a huge, huge shift. Do you think? Oh, sorry. Yeah, and I think it's just kind of you don't you don't excel at one position by playing other positions. I think. You think? I think yeah, I think players would do but well much better if they stayed in a position. Yeah, like got got used to their mm-hmm. surroundings and the players are playing with. Yeah, because they're all they're all learning a different system. They're still learning, even this far into the season. Yeah. Do you think? Uh, what is happening in NASL right now is maybe something similar to what was happening in MLS eight years ago, where the league was getting better every year, but the teams weren't adjust. Some of the teams weren't adjusting for that. Uh, you might have saw that before with some like you'd see a certain team like Real Salt Lake, and they were always getting better every year, and the players and the, and they kept their core group together all the mm-hmm. time, and then you had these other teams that were changing their players every year, but they weren't bringing the level up and I think maybe that's starting to happen in NASL like it's uh, almost turning into like two two leagues like uh, the elite teams and then everyone else yeah, yeah. I think it's fair to say I, I think on a in the right if you go by the fury that that Mark DeSantos had to build a team from scratch probably on without a limited budget. you know without a lot of you know, he did coach in the NASL, but it was the NASL, you know, a few years ago, and the league has, you know, improved dramatically or drastically. And I don't, I don't think the team he built really handles the uh, the physicality, and it doesn't really have the speed to kind of compete. You know how NASL games are played. Uh, and, I, the, and the old excuse of. The, the Europeans and Brazilians that are here, they're probably not used to... Well, Brazilians probably. Flying the long distances and mm. and having two games in a week and having, you know, one in Indiana and the other one in, in Ottawa like in the same week. Yeah, hopefully they can get the, this figured out, get yeah. some wins. So, final question is from someone... I, I'm not f- sure I know how to say the name. Nam- Namu? Namu is Namu is BBSC Soul Bro, like Soul, like the city on Twitter. And it's probably his first tweet to, to us, but he says, "On the field, what tactical or personal changes would you guys consider at this point?" Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> we're screwed. <laughs> tactical changes. You know, I think when we went back to two games ago and. They went to the four-two-two, and it just blew up in their faces that probably formation change isn't something we should be looking at. Someone Person. suggested the one-one-one-one-one-one. That would be good. Yeah. It's good down the middle. Yeah, it's right. Leaving your flanks a little exposed, but <laughs> <laughs> at least you should know where everyone is at that point. Yeah. But uh, personnel changes. 
I don't know, go, maybe Gorick back in. I I don't know if the defense is playing. You know, there's always the defense has to be comfortable with the keeper. And if the, keep, if the defense isn't comfortable with the keeper, then they're going to kind of back off a little bit. And I think I think the chemistry between Gorick and the defense at the end of the spring season was pretty good. And the communication was good. I think Pizer is probably on paper a better keeper, but except for the first goal, yeah, first goal against Gorick. Remember that one that started the season? Yeah, that was all communication probably. But since that yeah. goal, yeah. all the communication seemed to be pretty good. Yeah, and Pizer is probably better, but I think the chemistry is kind of lacking. So maybe they could go back to Gorick, or hopefully, the Pizer uh, defense chemistry kind of fixes itself out. Okay. Uh, yeah. I would say just consistency again, like make sure the same guys are starting if possible and make sure they're in the same spot if possible um, and just make sure that, you know, we see a relatively similar team every week and make it consistent. I think that might help a little bit. I, yeah, I'd say keep the four four two, but uh, I noticed last game. The four three three. Sorry. <laughs> Not the 4 I, I, I watch a different sport. <laughs> yeah. Um, Keep the four two two. No, keep the four three three. And uh, what they were doing last game is they were just the defense would have the ball, and they would just hoof it up the field like just to get it out. And there was no one in the middle to pick it up. Um, there was uh, they 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 were holding on to the ball before the last few games really well, really good build up, and they had no finish. And now it's just like, I don't know if they're trying new things, and it, but now it's like, it's not good in any part of the field. It's not good in the middle. That defense is scary. Yeah. So, yeah, damn. That's what I would change. And, I would, and I'd also have eight players on the field, obviously, 4-2-2. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, the Fury also announced that, uh, officially announced that uh, Bruce Gravelar, the uh, Liverpool uh, standout goalkeeper, would be the Fury's goalkeeper keeper coach until the end of the season which is which is good news it's old news I think the paper in Newfoundland kind of broke it about a week earlier but I think it's uh, a, a guy with his uh, his experience and you know the stories you could tell could teach the four keepers we now have you know a lot yeah it'd be good it'd be good uh, we our old uh, coach uh, had a career change mid mid season, and he was he was, he was coaching quite a few uh, more than one mm -hmm. team, and he was, you know, he was doing a lot, and so they actually went without a goalkeeper coach for a while. Yeah, I, I think I remember hearing Chad Bush, our fourth goalkeeper, was kind of doing coaching for the women's team. Yeah, working at the end of the season. Yeah, working with the women's team. So, and. So it's good that they got that that personnel mm -hmm. all sorted, and uh, we we're gonna go to our, our guest now. We had a Teo Goche. He came and he asked he asked a question via Twitter last week, and uh, it was about Mark DeSantos, and uh, some of us reacted more than others <laughs> to that. And uh, so we just after the break, we're just gonna come back with Teo and enjoy the interview.
welcome back. Now we have uh, Teo Gauthier. He's gave us a listener question last week, a highly controversial one. Um, <laughs> I not I don't have it in front of me, but it was basically uh, asking why hasn't anyone questioned Mark Sand? Not quite, not quite. Question our coach. No, uh, what I wrote was, it, are we still giving? Mark DeSanto is a clean slate, like a, a, free like pass. a free pass this year, no matter what happens. And it was just a question. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> and if you listen to last week's pod, I, actually, I was so offended, I just stood up and walked away. Well, Ryan, I'm sorry about that. Um, I didn't mean to offend. Uh, no, I don't endorse that point of view at all. I was just trying to get you guys talking. Oh, it worked. It worked, <laughs> it worked very well. Um, so with uh, the loss to Fort Lauderdale, yeah, yeah, Mark Dos Santos out. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But do you think we'll maybe see something? Uh, well, the transfer uh, window is closed. And so they cannot go get uh, somebody who's on another club right now. Uh, the club told me that this week by, uh, by Twitter. Uh, but I did mention that, I did ask if, if free transfers were allowed, and they are. I don't think... We're going to see new players come in uh, from now until the end of the season. That's my belief. Um, but if I can sort of tap into a little bit the, the spirit of the question that I, I asked last week, why isn't the Ottawa Fury winning? And I think, in my opinion, we've, exa- we've exhausted the whole it's, a, it's an expansion team excuse. Yes. Yeah. Because... Uh, we're going to see turnover year in, year out with this team. It's, it's not like we're going to have a set core of players for, for long stretches of years. It's the NASL. If they're good, they're going to go on to something better. If they're bad, they're going to be cut. Um, so my, my follow-up question, I guess, would be, did Fury Management, whoever sets the budget, did we or did they miscalculate or or underestimate the quality of NASL when they went after their players? Maybe. I, I, obviously, Indy 11 did, and they've made some big adjustments. Mm-hmm. They've really moved quite a few players lately. Um, and that's, that's the frustrating part for me is, yeah, the, the other expansion team, and even Edmonton, and then even uh, Fort Lauderdale and uh, Tampa Bay, they're, they're making changes. Mm-hmm. And, and those changes are paying off. Yeah. But we're not making any changes. And I know for a fact that I think most of the players are on a one-year contract except for a couple of them. So it wouldn't be a big deal to make a change here or there. Yeah. So. Yeah, like I think the biggest change that we had was a new goalkeeper. And I, nobody, a, a feels like, nobody feels like that was a necessary change to make. It seemed like last night, um, just watching the game a little bit, it seemed like nobody really trusted each other, which is, well, I guess it's something that comes with time, but, I mean, we've had the whole spring season and now quite a few games in the fall season to kind of try and work that out, so I don't I don't really know what's not gelling or what's not coming together it's kind of it's kind of frustrating from a fan standpoint too because you know obviously you want your team to win um so i'm not i'm not really sure how to answer that question (laughs) (laughs) i think well i think i'm asking it this one i'm asking because i actually feel this way Mm -hmm. um 
they they looked at the landscape of the NASL and figured out the talent level or thought they had figured it out. Mm-hmm. Went out and filled out their team with players they thought would compete and and win because that was the stated goal at the beginning of the season. And it hasn't worked out. Uh, there were there were signs of hope in the spring season, but uh, in this fall season, what we're f- are we four games in now? Three, mm-hmm. four five. games? Five. Five. Yeah. Are we games. counting the Rangers game in there? No, no. 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 Five, five league games, games and yeah. one point. point. Yeah. Um, not good enough, you know. And. And the other thing is that's frustrating though is that you can see that we can play better than this, like. Like, we do have some really talented guys, and we can play better than this, and I don't know why we're not. Like, it's really kind of frustrating. Mm-hmm. Well, we went, we did make a move recently, other than the goalkeeper. We went and got a loan from Toronto FC, mm-hmm. Ryan Richter. Oh, yeah. So maybe we want to talk about his performance five games in. Oh, uh, we've, yeah, we've talked about his performance <laughs> uh, <laughs> on previous pods. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and last, last night, game yeah. as well, yeah, against Fort Lauderdale, it, it, it didn't improve. Right, and uh, also on the show this week, we we have uh, some other guests visiting from uh, Saskatchewan and Edmonton, mm-hmm. and uh, they came over and they all they kept saying was our defense is soft, our defense is soft, and uh, and it seems like it's gotten softer. Yeah, our like defense easier. is soft and we can't score. Yeah. So that that's not that's, a good state of affairs. It's not a good combination. <laughs> so Richter yesterday played right back, uh, whereas before he was slotted into center back. Right, and mm-hmm. they keep moving a couple guys around. They they did that strange thing last week where they had three in the back and one just in front, but not it wasn't quite a sweeper situation. It's a little closer, and they're trying things, mm-hmm. but like. The quality's not there, and and you're telling us, unless there's a free transfer, there's nothing that can be done about it. Right. So. Uh, but I think also like, a couple of our our stronger defensive players were not playing last night. Like Saria, for some reason, was not playing. I don't know what's going on there. He wasn't even on the bench, which I thought was odd because he started the last two games, and also Jerome. Is he hurt or what's going yeah, on? Yeah, he's him? injured. He's hurt. Okay. Okay. I see. I was starting to wonder if he was in the doghouse. No. Well, he's injured. Sure. <laughs> so we don't. We don't. We don't know for sure. But uh, I heard he picked up a knock. And, oh, so okay. yeah. And those guys seem to be like our solid. Well, I I feel like, and I've said this before, and I I will say it again now. I think Saria is very solid. He's not like. I don't know if if I don't think he gets enough credit. I think he. He's very, very solid, and every game that he plays, he's like in the right position, and he'll even push up and help out with the mids and the forwards and stuff, but he'll always get back in time to to play defense, so I feel like he is an underestimated player mm-hmm. for me, and I feel like he's really, really solid back yeah, there. I would totally agree with that. Yeah. Uh, about our new keeper, uh, he's now started two games in a row? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what are our thoughts? He looks good. Yeah, nothing made me cringe. Uh, There's maybe one goal in the last, like in the two games he played, where you maybe could have faulted him a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, there's some debate about that. Um, I just think it was unnecessary. Right. 
because um, we we already had a great starter and a great backup. Yeah. So. Do then, we? Um, and then a has... third untested keeper. Too. Yeah. Now a fourth untested. Keeper. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's it? Pi- what's his name? Pizer. Pizer. It's uh, it's always interesting to see. I'd love to hear the logic of this of this transaction, because keeper, unless you're going to get like a a superstar, mm-hmm. you're not going to see a big difference. I d- I have seen a difference in one way I think, and that's in the air. He I, I'm more confident. Maybe this is just a, an impression, but more confident when the ball is crossed into the box that he'll take charge of his box. Mm-hmm. Of his area, and I, I guess that's an improvement on Gorick. Although Gorick did nothing to to what? lose his job, you know. No, he's been mm-hmm. he's, he's been probably the highlight of the team for right. me. And he was totally committed to the team, always doing stuff off the field and like meeting fans and super committed to the to the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a fan favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's an interesting situation. It's. Uh, the whole the roster how it is right now mm-hmm. and and having free spots not used and having a lot of injuries and everyone here on a year it's where it's definitely gonna, definitely going to be a different looking team next season mm-hmm. but we still we're only we're I know it's spring fall but the spring was short we're at the halfway point yeah right now and like, and to say we're not going to do any changes is it's yeah. It's kind of depressing. <laughs> like, but we'll see. Um, one thing we wanted to talk to you about that uh, John wanted to make sure is to talk to you about, like, you've been a long-time Voyager. Mm-hmm. You've, you've been in many stadiums around the world. Yep. Um, how do you feel about the experience in Ottawa? What's going on here? Uh What's it like to go to a Fury game? I know you've been to games like in Barcelona. I think you were at a Red Bull game last last weekend. Week. Yeah. yeah, so you, you get around. <laughs> so I just maybe compare the experiences yeah. and where where we're at here. Yeah. I, I tend to use travel as an excuse to go to soccer games, um, and my wife obliges. So <laughs> I'm very lucky in that sense. Um, <clears throat> how does it compare? It's early days. We'll have to start there. Um, Ottawa is a unique sporting town. Um, I think we're sort of experiencing a culture shock with the supporters' culture. Uh, Stony Money Riot, Bytown Boys, uh, Fury Ultras are are bringing a mood into the stadium that the city has has never experienced, mm-hmm. and we are. You know, things have been rocky a little bit, uh, especially with the move to Lansdowne. But yesterday was a positive uh, move, I think. Yeah. I'd say 90% or more of the section was... Was, was, that, was people who wanted to be there. Who wanted to be there, yeah. standing, cheering. Yeah. And so that's a positive. Um, I, I hesitate to make a comparison to other stadiums I've been to. Um, maybe Montreal is a good comparison because they came from second division and I did go to impact games when they were, uh, in the second division and they didn't have big crowds, not, and they were averaging maybe four or 5,000, uh, as the, it looks like what the Fury's going to be averaging, yeah. um, now that the fever has died down, um, 
so Montreal is a good example because they started small. I remember uh, the Montreal Ultras early on being a small little group. And now you go to Saputo Stadium mm-hmm. and it's the entire section behind the goal is rocking. Yeah. Yeah, it's... They've really got it down, and they they grew organically, and and it all happened well. And I believe uh, there's a few different groups within that big section. So um, it's interesting how that evolved, and it might be a good idea to study that a little study bit. Study that a little bit, maybe even talk to them, see how that process took place. But uh, I think that's the model that we should go for. A little note uh, about. Red Bull last week, which I found was amazing. You, you sometimes get surprised with North American supporter culture and the things that you see that you don't expect. We went to Red Bull Stadium. Uh, the, the premise of going, I went with my brother and two friends. We wanted to see Thierry Henry play live. Right. Uh, he's a hero of ours. Uh, we followed Arsenal and the France team in his glory days, and uh, we wanted to see him live. So, we knew he wasn't going to go to Montreal this year because they were playing at... Uh, the only Red Bull game at uh, Olympic Stadium was at... Uh, in Montreal was at Olympic Stadium. Uh, he doesn't play on turf. Right. We'd need to go to New York. Oh, well. Right? right. <laughs> we have to go spend a weekend in New York. Well, so off tough. we go. We go to the game. Uh, the game's fun. And uh, throughout the game, they're announcing, folks, stick around for a second game after, the, after this match. The under-23 Red Bull team will be taking on Chattanooga FC in the NPSL championship game. And we're thinking, excellent! We had absolutely no idea, and this is just a bonus game for us, and we like soccer, so we're going to stick around. Nice. The first great thing was that half the stadium stuck around. Wow, really? Nice. <laughs> yeah. They, they filtered everyone into one end of the state, one side of the stadium, like they do at uh, TD Place, Lansdowne. And it was awesome. Most of the Red Bulls uh, supporters, the, the, the Ultras, stuck around. But then about in the warm-ups to that second game, all of a sudden we hear boom, 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 boom. And we look. There's this group of fans walking into the stadium for the second game from Chattanooga. What? There were at least 400 fans there from Chattanooga. It's not close. It's not close. It's like a thousand miles. Wow, and, that's impressive. And that's, that is impressive. that's like, what, third division soccer? Uh, NP? I, I think it's American fourth. Fourth. And they have a traveling contingent. Well, of course, it's New York, so I'm sure yeah, a lot of them are like, hey, New York, they did just go, like us. That's the trip to go to. Yeah. But it created this atmosphere in this big stadium, uh, Red Bull Arena, between the two supporters groups, and it was just fantastic. So that's my little anecdote on, on comparing, because... Who would have known yeah. that Chattanooga had a strong supporters culture? Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of little pockets in the States. Like yeah. Detroit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Detroit's getting a lot of attention lately. Uh, Nashville's getting a lot of attention with their new club. That's right. And uh, and there there's even like supporters culture in Buffalo of all places. Buffalo? Yeah. Well, see, I didn't know that. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's been... It's interesting to see it develop. Like, because like, you're, you're a long-time Voyager and you've... And you've seen supporters' culture develop mm-hmm. in the last 10, 15 years yeah. in, in Canada and the States. Yeah. If any of the Voyagers are listening, I go by Minglo on uh, the Voyagers board, and I haven't been active in, in a long time on the boards, but I still go out to games and stuff. So some of you old-timers might recognize me. Yeah, and we're, we're having a bit of a 
whole bunch of Voyagers are in town right now. Yeah, you had a sleepover. Yeah, we had a sleepover. <laughs> Voyagers on tour. Voyagers on tour. And, but there's, yeah, there's a whole bunch in town for, for the U20 uh, Women's World Cup. It's, they played a game in Toronto, two games in Toronto, and they're playing in Montreal Tuesday night against North Korea. And uh, it's great. Everyone came to Ottawa, hanging out in Ottawa for a few days. It's nice to put faces to the handles. That's what's always been the case with Voyageurs because such a disparate group across the country that, <clears throat> and often you don't know what they look like. You go to a game and all of a sudden you have to not only learn which face goes with which nickname on the forums, but their actual name. Because <laughs> yeah. you don't want to be walking around going, hey, Mimglow, because that's just uncomfortable. Yeah, it's just kind of weird, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, and it's, it's great like to like meet these people after it's like this great community the voyagers and uh oh it is an active forum online uh mm -hmm. do trips all over the world yeah 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 i uh, heard the cuba trip was a lot of fun wow that must have been awesome i've yeah i've never traveled that far i've gone to edmonton uh for a voyagers game which game was it oh my goodness was don't it? bring that back it's a honduras game oh okay oh. okay i wasn't the, at that the one. phantom penalty call in the box oh. yeah uh, in the dying minutes, Ouch. yeah, that was a, that looked a sour taste. Yeah. I went to Boston for the Gold Cup in two thousand and three. I'm gonna say two thousand two or two thousand three. Okay, uh, that was a good experience. Uh, met up with a lot of voyagers there. Just uh, it's it's a fun time. If if some of you are wondering, you're into soccer. Voyagers is the Canadian national men's team, or not men's team, national team, national teams, all teams, uh, supporters group. Yeah. And uh, you should join up if if you if you want to support yeah. Canada. Yeah, if you had, like if you were at the Fury game and you had a good time mm -hmm. singing and chanting and everything, um, check out the Voyagers as well. If you're a yeah. member of Stony Monday Ride or Bytown Boys, they're, they're pretty familiar with the Voyagers. Yeah. And uh, there's a game coming up September 9th, I believe. September 9th at uh, BMO Field in Toronto. It's against Jamaica, and yeah. uh, I'll be making the trip. Okay. Well, we need as many. Because there's a lot of Jamaicans in Toronto, so we need a lot of Canadian voices Absolutely, there. yeah. So we got to make that stadium red. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for today. having me. Anytime. Uh, defending yourself. Yeah. Questioning <laughs> Dos Santos, the great Dos, San Dos Santos. Hashtag Dos Santos out. No, no. no. That hash <laughs> that's a joke. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm, I'm calling joking. Twitter. Can you call Twitter? <laughs> call Twitter. I'll call Twitter. Yeah. All right. <laughs> thanks again. Welcome back, and uh, with us we have some visitors. We have Grayson Knutson. Yes, hello. And <laughs> <laughs> so formal. Yeah. Yes, and uh, Jeff Salisbury. That's right. Uh, where are you guys from? Why are you here? Uh, you want to go first, Jeff, or what? You don't want me to go first because I'll take like 15 minutes. Right. Okay. Um, I'm from Edmonton originally. I'm from southwestern Saskatchewan. Penance. You can hear that I have Pennant, Saskatchewan, in my hometown. <laughs> you can hear I have no voice because we've just done what three soccer matches in like five or six days so yeah. I'm all kind of screamed out but uh, yeah no I live in Edmonton and it's cold yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, and, right. and how about you Jeff where are you from I'm from Saskatoon 
heard I, of it. Yeah. yeah, I hail from the future home of Saskatoon Athletic FC. Okay. Which I'm going to push the envelope on that once Canadian Div 1A gets up and running. Okay, so you're hopeful for a Div 1A? Oh yeah, Div 1A is everything. It's and the future, baby. And you guys do some sort of podcast on the internet? Yeah, we do this. We do this two-bit podcast, but now that they have me on board, it's going to go probably international. You've been on board uh, from the start. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean like since, oh. since being on board this oh, thing's okay. going international uh, yeah it's, it's our it's our lovely podcast that we call From the Black Hole it's a prairie perspective on Canadian soccer and that, that name was coined actually by, by Dwayne Rollins in my conversation with him on the phone one time he's just like I mean I've lived in Saskatchewan back for, or before I know what I know what a black hole for soccer it is there and I'm just like oh yeah it's perfect because it is it truly is it's, it's excellent so I always wonder where the name was from. Yeah, yeah, no you can way. definitely attribute that to Dwayne Rollins being a bit of an a-hole. So, yeah. <laughs> Dwayne, oh, he's, a nice, he's a nice guy. He is a great guy. I saw him really, really drunk in uh, Shoeless Joe's after the Finland match, though. Yeah. Oh, he was like Tipsy McSwagger, but he was sitting down, and every time that he started to sway over, he would spill a little bit of his beer on his hand, and he'd kind of come to again. His, his girlfriend had to like keep him awake. <laughs> it was pretty good. Uh, sounds like a good girlfriend. Um, yeah. yeah, he came for the uh, the first Ottawa match, the first home game of the season. Yeah. And it was a great guy, good time, out, yeah. So, uh, where can we find your podcast? Where can we find our podcast? Yeah. Uh, that's a skill-testing question that we might have to phone Rob <laughs> Notenboom for, who is also part of it. And obviously on iTunes, but... Yeah, obviously on iTunes. Yeah. Uh, we usually just tweet it out on Twitter. Okay. You yeah. just have to follow the Twitter account at fr the black hole because apparently from the black hole was already taken, so we had to drop the O and the M. So maybe people will think it's fr the black hole. Like maybe it's <laughs> somebody's initials, and they it's think they're a black hole. Who knows? It's also on Red Nation Online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The big place is on Red Nation Online. Holy crap! That's the freaking plug I Rick, was going for. Rick is Rick is gonna freaking sue us now. That's what I was digging for. <laughs> I'm not even a part of it. And I knew you knew that. That's because that's where I have to go. Right now, right now, Lars Lars Lalder's listening to this right now, and he's either shit himself or he's like, just unable to hold back the laughter. He's one or the other. So. Yeah, and we know Lars. He's one of the first people I met when I moved out to Ottawa. Yeah. Watching soccer games. Right, Lars. Larsy's living the uh, the. Uh, uh, Calgary Dream. Calgary Dream, yeah. He's he's a, an accountant for some pencil neck firm. It's good. Yeah. He's loving life. So you guys saw three games this week? Yeah. Yeah, so far. Yeah. yeah. We saw Canada, Ghana on Tuesday at That's right. BMO, or the National Soccer Stadium, as you have to call it because it's a FIFA tournament. Yeah. And then Canada, yeah. Finland, the comeback again in Toronto, and then uh, Fury and uh, Fort Lauderdale yesterday. Nice. And, and you're making your way to Montreal? For Canada versus North Korea. That's right, on Tuesday. Nice. It's a good thing I don't have to work till Saturday after because I'm not going to have a voice. Yeah, I took all of next week off. I actually get back to Saskatoon on Wednesday. I fly out Wednesday morning. Yeah. And, like, I, I knew the second this trip got planned, I'm like, there's no way in hell I'm going back to work on the Thursday and Friday. Like, I mean, I talk on the phone most of the time for my job, so I could be there be like, hello, do you want to buy our product? <laughs> <laughs> so... So Canada won. Uh, they lost the first match to Ghana. Yeah. Two nil. Right. Yeah. No one nil. One nil. One nil. Yeah. I lost my crap outside the stadium. It was good. Yeah. yeah. He was really upset. It was kind of funny, but at the same time, I'm like, settle down a little bit, Jeff. It's gonna be okay. <laughs> well, that w- that was a surprise victory, right, for Ghana. And, it was, yeah. And the way they celebrated after the game, we thought maybe they won the World Cup. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They were. Uh, 
they were okay. Props to them though. Yeah. They were loud. Like they showed up and they sang for the entire ninety plus, and then afterwards as well. Um, they did a really good job at like drowning us out right throughout well, the entire match. We, well, for one thing, they're like we were not allowed to all congregate in our section, like like normal. Whereas so you had to every stay in your seats, yeah, basically. Well, not exactly that, but I mean, it was partially we GA, but only for like the first, the first three or three four, four rows. rows, and then everything after that was all like proper seated and everything, and it was just it was kind of crappy. We knew this more or less going in, but we didn't expect that like every Ghanaian was going to congregate to one section and just you know take over people's seats and stuff. That's basically what happened, and they were allowed to do it, so. Props, and there were more. There were more of them. There were more of, of us. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, true. That's true. There were that more of them. Hurt. That's a common problem in Canadian soccer, be it Hondurans in Montreal or Jamaicans well, in Toronto. Or yeah, it depends on where it is. Because I mean, usually at BMO now, if it's like a World Cup qualifier or even for a men's friendly, depending on who the opponent is, usually you know Jamie's able to to arrange with the CSA uh, to be able to get the section like sections one twelve, one thirteen, and sometimes one fourteen even set aside. The whole thing, the whole thing set aside for us, and he gets control of the tickets. But because this is FIFA run, you you can't do that kind of stuff. So, mm. what and, do you, you know? Think of the idea of having games in Moncton or or Victoria. Oh, 100 percent. When it comes, there's a so there's a section of the Voyagers forum, and I know you've probably seen it, where or a specific thread. It's the Canadian soccer meme thread, mm. and one that Rob <laughs> actually submitted. Is uh, is one where it's like, I hear there's a really good venue in a Calouet. <laughs> <clears throat> That's where we got to get up. Yeah, play Mexico. That'd yeah, be fun. Mexico yeah. in a Calouet. Yeah, Honduras in Alert. Yeah, we're our only uh, World Cup qualifier. That like, when we went to the World Cups because we played Mexico and St. John's. Yeah. And then all the Hondurans got confused and, and thought they were supposed to, to go to St. John in yeah. Brunswick. Yeah, and then yeah, so and they we, didn't get there and, and they won the match. match. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or we can name all our cities the same name. You should actually. <laughs> yeah. Canadaville. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the Ghana match, and then Finland. That was amazing. That, yeah, it was uh, the second half. Yeah. Well, I got to see the second goal, and then promptly got booted. Promptly got booted out of the stadium. Oh, you kicked out. Yeah, I got kicked out. <laughs> I have the honor of being. The Voyager who got booted out of a Canadian U20 Women's World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> We're very proud of you. That's We're going to get that on a plaque. That's a new high. It is. It is. You know what? I'm going to get that tattooed on me. You might have to explain why, though, Jeff, so people are, like, well, not confused. U20 booted yeah. or something like yeah. that. Uh, yeah. You didn't do anything too terrible, I hope. No, well, what happened was is we scored the second goal. And the guy that was standing beside me was, um, oh heck, I can't remember who it was, but he, but we were all like this, yeah, and he kind of like, he jumps up, but he's taller than me, so my arm's up like this, he was just like, boom, and it hit my beer, and he knocked like over half my beer out of the, out of the glass, so I'm just like, you know, I noticed this, I'm just like, to hell with it, I'm not going to drink this anymore, so I just start going, whoa, and I just start shaking it up uh, and down. And you're the guy you're, throwing beer. And I, the guy who, I was the guy who chucked the beer up in the air, yeah. and a lot of it landed on one security guy. <laughs> and then, uh, and then we're kind of like whatever. He looks at me and I look at him and I'm just like, whatever, man. Like wasn't aiming for you or anything. Uh, and so he just took offense to it. Then uh, 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 Mike Doran, Mike Doran from U Sector, rushes over to me. He's just like, hey, they fingered you, man. Like they're, 
they pointed you out. Yeah. You better lay low. And I'm just like, oh shit. And then yeah, I just turned around, turned around, and I just ran up a couple sections, tried to hide. Duck in, guys like, guys like points, like, yeah. points. He's following the whole way. And I'm like, yeah. Jeff's not tall, so it's not like it was. he was really obvious to see. Sonia Missio tried to hide me. That was good. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. But uh, it unfortunately didn't work out. And some big, huge dude with a shaved head just like grabs on my shoulder. He's just like, all right, buddy, you're coming with us. I'm just like, what the hell, man? He's just like, you start running away from security. What do you think's going to happen? Blah, 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 blah. Wow. Sounds like a rough time getting kicked out of a U-20 women's game. <laughs> well, it's like they're, they're taking me down, and all of a sudden a couple of the guys, Sam and Zach, saw this happening. And they came bolting out after us, and, and I'm right at the gate. The gate's like, the guy's like there. It was like, it was like I was getting walked to an execution because like the guy had his hand on my shoulder the whole time, yeah. and there's another guy with him. And then the guy at the gates just, you know, he's just like, like the executioner was just like, straight on me. Oh, yeah, just opened the up the gate, opened up the door for me. Did they like, like toss, literally toss you out? No, no, oh. no, 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 no. Because we were right at the gate and I wasn't protesting anymore. I'm just like, you know what? I, by that point, I'd already formulated in my mind that I was going to book it as hard as I could, the shoeless. Because some things had happened in the section, like the, the waving of the Ghanaian flag yeah. underneath the Canadian flag. During which, the Canada-Finland game. Uh, yeah, during the Canada-Finland game, exactly, because of, uh, you know, the big Ghanaian section that we're all given these mini Canadian flags and we're waving them, and that's fine. And there's no problem with that, and we can totally try and, like, do things back and forth, but at the time they were doing their thing, we were doing our thing, and, and it was all good, but suddenly yeah. guys were so feeling so underwhelmed by what the section was like that they started, in my mind, it was more like pandering to the to the Ghanaian section to try and get more quarry with us or something. I don't know, it just... Suddenly, we were the like the subordinate Canadian section, and they had literally taken over as being like the main section. That, that's what it felt like to me a little bit, which maybe is still an overreaction. But when yeah. when when one of our capos goes and jumps into the uh, into the Ghanaian section and starts partying with them instead of capoing for us, yeah, there's kind of a big controversy. I haven't been following online what's yeah. happened since then, and there's there's some good articles on uh, Maple Leaf Forever. Does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben's Bonds, yeah, I believe, ben, forever. Ben Massey. Ben Massey. Yeah, yeah Squiz wrote a pretty good one on Canadian soccer news, too. Dan Squizato, so. Yeah. yeah. Kind of counterpoints, too. So that's good. Get both sides of the coin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's what we need. We need people writing from all angles. And, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully the mainstream media somehow picks up on a story like that. Even if it's some type of controversy story where there's, like, you know, splits in the Canadian fan bases or something like that. Yeah, it ha happened in the States, but not for those reasons. And I don't think yeah. that would happen in the States, would it? Where where their supporters would have flags of... No, the outlaws never. Have no, the outlaws, yeah. especially the guys in Stars and Stripes. Yeah. Yeah, the guys in Stars and Stripes are a bunch of assholes anyway. So... I'm just going to get that in there. Yeah. I hate you, Stars uh, and Stripes. Oh. <laughs> so that's interesting. So Canada won that game 3-2, amazing comeback. Amazing yeah. comeback. And now so I, did, I did manage to book it. So, so Zach and Sam are still trying to fight for my case but it's it was already long over it was long it was long gone i was getting booted the second that that beer went up in the air i was out of the stadium so um they're, they're still trying to fight my case and i've already started booking it <laughs> by this point to shoeless and i actually made it only about uh i think only about five minutes have passed like i haven't ran that hard in a long time uh from, and, BMO, from BMO to shoeless joe's on, wow. on king and duffer there basically and um, 
and yeah, I got there, and in about five minutes after I got there, I'm just like pouring sweat. Sitting at the bar, we just got in Miami Vices, the official drink of the Voyagers, and, uh, and uh, we, uh, no sooner I get there, bang, we put in the, the winner. And like, there's three of us at the bar. We Because everybody saw the three of us congregate at the bar, get the channel changed, all of a sudden everybody that was in our vicinity kind of got interested in what was going on. Yeah. And that they started kind of watching the game. One guy leans over, he's just like, oh, this is that, that Women's World Cup or whatever it is. I'm just like, it's yeah, it's the, the U20 World Cup. Yeah, yeah, like the senior team, blah, blah, blah. Like, no. No, that's U20, next year. That's next 20, year. Yeah. <laughs> so massive ignorance of what was going on in Toronto. I'll just throw that out there. Yeah. The general public had no clue that this thing was happening. But I think that's Toronto in a nutshell for everything. So. It'd be a pretty big event in smaller centres. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's why I hope Moncton does has been doing well. Because yeah. they've been having some of the games happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah I hope yeah. they've been doing well. That's where Ghana and Finland play at the same time. Uh, we play North Korea. Yeah, on Tuesday night. Yeah, okay. secretly I was actually hoping that we were going to get a game in Moncton for this. Yeah, that would have been fun. That would have been awesome. Like, just to drink Moncton dry, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be hard. So, you came and you had a couple days to kill, so you came here to Ottawa. And uh, you've seen us play Fort Lauderdale Strikers. Uh, give us some impressions of... But, you know, the stadium, the atmosphere, the team, anything. That stadium is fantastic. What a stadium that is. I mean, it only holds 20,000, but I don't think Ottawa needs anything more than that right now. Um, Agreed. And the one side, even though they announced, what was it? They announced attendance, 4,500 or something? Yeah, it doesn't look like that. It looked like way more on that on that one side, obviously, there's more seats on, on, I don't know what direction that is, the far side. Up the south side. I think it's up. South side, right. Anyways, and uh, no, and like, it seemed to be full. Uh, atmosphere was good. I thought the supporters do a great job here. There's a little bit of disconnect between the two groups, but if there's a way to overcome that and come together for chanting, etc., etc., then I think more people will be drawn in. Yeah, yeah. I think you guys should do a funny chant, and that and, and get by town doing it with you. Where it, it's what they used to do in Toronto, where they used to say, uh, where they used to sing, uh, uh, they used to go East Side stand up, East Side stand up. You guys should go South Side stand up, and there's nobody over there, right? Right. I think, yeah. I think all the rest of the people in the stadium would think that was hilarious. At least I think they'd think that was hilarious. Yeah, it, it would, but I'm an oddball, <clears throat> so you never know. Yeah, it's better than you know, the Red Blacks chants that they that they have. Or, what are those? They, they just tell each other they suck, basically. It's, and it's old. It's from, like, the Renegades, Rough Riders mm. era. And it's, and it's carried over. People hoped it didn't catch on again, but it's caught it on. Is. So what do they do? They say, like, uh, Southside, you suck? Or yeah, Southside sucks. And they got yeah. T-shirts and everything. I've yeah. seen that on Twitter and stuff that yeah. they're it's like, weird. They oh, we're a Northsider. Yeah. yeah. I never understood that, but... Yeah. Not from here, so... It's very Canadian thing, I I think so, maybe, yeah. That's how you build, like, a... That, that, that runs the risk of building, like, a losing culture, you know what I mean? Well, they, yeah, this is a soccer podcast, so we'll <laughs> go back to soccer. But speaking of a losing culture, like, we've, we've got one point in 15. It's the big thing we keep saying over and over on this week's show. Uh, one point in 15. Hmm. Uh, the team doesn't look that bad. Like, I don't think they look that bad. I thought they, they're kind of, they're skilled. Um, I heard you guys say last night that the defense is soft. Yeah, yeah. Defense was really soft. They let every almost every single cross through. I, I I'm struggling to remember a cross that was blocked by the D uh, last night. Uh, 
but they almost every single, if not every single, cross that Fort Lauderdale threw in them throughout them managed to get through. And there wasn't a lot of. There were some chances up front, but there was nobody, no clinical finisher. Yeah. And it, it seemed at the further the game was going on, even though Ottawa had most of the possession, it seemed like the plan was kick it to Heineman. Yeah. And yeah. he'll hold it up, and maybe something will happen. And he couldn't. All he could do was flick it on to nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's been happening the last. What we since Heineman's been back from injury, right? What did we, what did we what did we come up with for Heineman again? Was that uh, oh. you're, you're a strange animal, Tommy Heineman? You're a strange animal that I must follow. <laughs> Some gallon, it's Canadian. That works. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so so maybe that'll catch on. Ah, uh, better. Now yeah. we saying it. That came from Saskies. So you guys got to embrace it. Yeah. That was the best part, uh, I thought, because we kind of just, we yeah. didn't want to stand with either Stony Monday, we didn't want to stand with Bytown Boys necessarily, so we kind of filled the gap in the middle, which is just kind of what Saskatchewan's doing anyway, is just filling a gap in the middle. That's right. It worked out perfectly. Yeah, it was it was a, it was a good atmosphere at the game, like everyone was standing in Section W. Yeah. yeah. Section W was loud. It was super, when, when, when both groups plus our together, middle yeah. was all together, the whole section, it was booming. You could hear the echo coming off the other side of the stadium back at us, yeah. which, which in one way is kind of awesome because you're so loud that you're creating an echo. But on the other end, it's kind of unfortunate that there's nobody on the other side. There's nobody on the other side to absorb the sound. It's a black hole. <laughs> no, no, that would absorb the sound. It's, oh, more, yeah. like a, it's more like a matter ejection stream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Fury lost 2-1. Yeah. Um, it seemed to be one of the more supported clubs in the NASL. I know you guys, uh, you go to FC Edmonton games. Yeah. And you make the trip quite often, I heard. I was in spring season when they were playing on Saturdays. Yeah. But this fall season, Fath hasn't playing mostly on Sundays. Sunday. Sunday. Oh, yeah, except for two five games. Five-hour drive. Yeah, and there's no way. I mean, like, if they play, even if they play Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock, well, it doesn't finish till 4. I'm probably not getting home till 10 or 11, right? Yeah. yeah. So I know you guys are probably... More FC Edmonton fans in Ottawa, Fury FC fans, obviously. But yeah, I guess <clears throat> I just want to see Edmonton continue. <laughs> I just want to see both teams do better. Yeah. Because, well, that's just good for Canadian soccer. It's good for our fans. Right. Maybe we get another team if that happens. Right. So you kind of led me into my next question. The, all this talk about the Canadian 1A division. Mm. Do you think it can be done, like in markets like Saskatoon, Winnipeg, Halifax, Quebec City, um, Hamilton, I think Victoria? it's going to be really hard on the prairies, as optimistic and as it's beyond wishful thinking at this point. I basically live in a dreamland. Yeah. Uh, Saskatoon is going to be exceptionally difficult because the Huskies still struggle to yeah. keep decent crowds. And uh, I mean, lately the Huskies football, I'm talking Husky football, the, the U.S. Husky football for a while there, well, they were the team of the 90s in CIS. We won a bunch of Vanier Cups, and um, we're always, always winning Canada West and almost always in the Vanier Cup throughout the 90s. 2000s, it started to cool off a little bit, and since about 2008, we haven't really done squat football-wise, and the crowds at, at Griffith Stadium have just steadily been on a downward spiral. Uh, and then, I don't know, Regina, maybe... If yeah, they back, if know. they kind of backpack off the the riders, yeah. But might how big of a market's Regina? Hundred, about two hundred thousand. Yeah. yeah, the greater Saskatoon area, the booming metropolis that it is, 
is about 250. It okay. is booming. There it are is a lot booming. of people moving there. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, I, if 1A was to go through, it's something that's going to have to be brought along very slowly. Um, you only have to go in, you have to start very small, four, six teams maybe, and then slowly maybe one a year, one every couple of years, add these teams until a base is formed, and then who knows? We'll see from there. Yeah, that's what they're doing exactly with the Premier League here in Quebec. Right. <clears throat> they have uh, six teams, and they're adding next year. They're adding Quebec City. Hopefully, Trois Rivières comes back. Yeah. And uh, Trois Rivières <clears throat> attack. The attack. <laughs> and uh, maybe pick a different name as a yeah. history there. Yeah. Well, they'd have their supporters group would have the easiest built-in chant ever with that attack, attack, <laughs> attack, attack, attack thing. I kind of hate that one. Could you see the leagues like the Premier League of Quebec and League One Ontario and the leagues out west maybe someday supporting? They would be the D three components like a feeder that would system? feed into yeah. D one, yeah. like a feeder system. Yes, or a, yeah. I think or I the think stronger clubs could become one A clubs. I think the CSA would make a mistake if they didn't put clubs in every single province. It would be a mistake, even though you maybe only get two to three hundred people a game going out to see the Div one A team in Saskatoon for maybe like the first five years, and then you get the. Um, the regional league teams set up one under you know like like the Saskatoon Athletic Reserves would be the division the D three club in the regional league in like the Prairie Regional or whatever you call it. You're kind of following like an NHL to CSL model in a sense, right. and and they really do need to do that. It'd be a mistake for them not to put teams in every single province in at least one major city. center. Yeah. yeah, major center because then. I think it's harder to then they're basically not having to start at square one every time they go to a city, and which kind of has runs financial risk and all that and right. you know you just got to start it I and mean, it's the same thing that's happened here they have the fury here now the crowds like he's saying are slowly starting to get larger and larger like people were mentioning even at the game like at halftime I was talking with Al Al Ho and he was like Jambo Al and he was mentioning that uh, like this is looked like the biggest crowd that you guys had had to date. Yeah, and stuff it, like that. It's definitely a larger crowd than they announced. There's, there's no way yeah. it could have been as there low was, as they announced. Yeah. There was, had, to there had to have been more butts in the seats. Than yeah, because the whole bottom <coughs> was full. The whole right. side of yeah. the bottom was full. Yeah, there was That's, a couple in the suites too. They the, all the suites. Full, so uh, pretty well every suite had yeah. people in them. So yeah. But as you mentioned, Jeff, I think some cities or the league as a whole might have to be willing to swallow a financial loss for the first little while maybe offset by gains and like if Winnipeg really took off or Edmonton or Ottawa continue to do yeah. as well as they could do. could they do a single entity model or could with it, it have to it have yeah. to be it, it have to be MLS be. styled yeah it has to be MLS styled but I think CSA they would funds too, uh, I don't know exactly how they would do that they would want to create the same thing that they did in the states like soccer united marketing as dirty as that makes me feel <laughs> to say that because some is such a horrible horrible enterprise uh, that kind of is what you'd have to do here. If we think we're any different than the U.S. market, we're just kidding ourselves. Yeah. You would need that. So, huh. Well, we hope it happens, and uh, we do. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's something. I, I, I'm like a lot of people disagree with me, so I'm just taking this, taking this opportunity to when two people agree with me. <laughs> yeah. Be really happy, but it'd be great to have our own league mm -hmm. and make that 2026 bid and 
yeah. and hopefully land the World Cup in Canada. That's right. I can't wait for the day when the, the Prairie Fire firm out of Saskatoon comes here and punches the faces of all Stony Monday Riot. <laughs> <laughs> and we're already a bunch of old men, so in 2026, right. it'll be like senior abuse. That's right. Like, yeah. It will be, it'll be elderly abuse. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. Well, thanks for coming out, and thanks for coming doing the podcast here with us. Yeah. Uh, so can't you say something before this thing ends? Yeah, engineer Kendra. Hi. <laughs> where, where can we find She's you guys on uh, Twitter? Uh, my handle is at G Knudsen CTV. Because um, he's I all work big. at CTV. So yeah. Yes. I have to have CTV in my in my handle. It's a company policy. Professional sportscaster. That's right. Yeah. It gets in the women all the time. Yeah. Mm, sure. <laughs> yeah. And you can find me at Jeff D is in. Dylan Salisbury on right. Twitter and then also if you ever tweet the, the from the black hole Twitter account or go on the Facebook for that matter then I usually see that stuff too so nice good stuff guys thanks yeah thank you for sure well that's our show for this week uh, we miss you John mm-hmm. wherever you are <laughs> come back deported <laughs> yeah, we hope we hope you didn't have troubles coming into the country from Nova Scotia. That's where you went, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's our show. I'd like to thank everyone, uh, the guys from the Black Hole Podcast. You can find them on Red Nation online as well. Um, I'd like to thank Teo for dropping by, and uh, yeah, everybody asked us a question this week. Yeah, everyone it's on nice Twitter. To have, uh, nice to have a bunch of people ask us. People that come up to us at the stadium and at the pregame that's that's great I yeah we make fun of but now i had talked to namu for a while before the game yeah he came down from toronto it was nice to talk to him yeah it's nice like, it's nice meeting you guys and all that and um i'm sorry we're not as uh good looking as we appear to be on the podcast as we sound but <laughs> uh, yeah cool okay until next week and you can find us on twitter at uh, ottawa fury um, you can find me at Twitter at, at Coxon, C-O-X-O-N. You can find me at, at BlogFreeFC. And I am at CrookedBeat. Until next week. Later. Farewell. Toodles. Bye. Four. Two. two. John, it's just Ryan. Um, we're recording the pod today. I don't know if you forgot, but we're just we're all here waiting for you we're at our usual spot. Um, if you want to give me a call back, you know, maybe we can meet up or something. But uh, okay, take care, man. <laughs>